The Leslie Marshall Show, a true democracy in talk radio. Of, for, and by you, the people. from Washington, D.C. every Wednesday from 3 to 4 p.m. for an hour-long Generation Progress Takeover. Check us out at genprogress.org or on Twitter at genprogress. Hello. Hello. Welcome to the Generation Progress Takeover of the Leslie Marshall Show. I'm your co-host, Edwin Theogene. And I'm Charlotte Hancock. Generation Progress representing. <laughs> Hello, how's it going, Charlotte? I'm good. How are you? Are you staying cool? It is not an easy feat. <laughs> uh, trying to staying indoors. Um, yeah. It is hot outside, so yeah, climate climate change is definitely climate real. <laughs> um, today's show is a really great show. We're really excited um, because tomorrow, July first is the 50th anniversary of the ratification of the 26th Amendment. Um, And this is an amendment that lowered the voting age in the United States to 18. The amendment was a huge win for young Americans who had fought for this right and recognition of the fact that young adults deserve to have a voice in the makeup of their government. Um, The struggle for equal and unencumbered access to voting for all Americans continues to this day in the face of blatant voter suppression efforts that disproportionately impact black people and other people of color. Young people have been consistent leaders in the fight to protect the freedom to vote and reform our democracy. And that is definitely true of young people today who turned out in the historic numbers in the 2020 election and are now fighting to ensure that all Americans are able to continue participating in and being represented by their democracy. So a lot happening to commemorate this day. Um, To discuss this momentous anniversary and all that still must be done to protect voting rights for young Americans, we're joined by two expert guests. We have Clarissa Unger, who's the director of the Students Learn, Students Vote Coalition. Hi, Clarissa. Hi, Edwin. Thanks so much for having me with you today. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. Um, and we also have Waboy Gatharu, um, the Interim Director of Programs at the Andrew Goodman Foundation. Hi, Waboy. Hey, Edwin. Hey, Charlotte. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for joining us. Um, we're going to hop right to it. Um, so to start us off, Clarissa, can you tell us a little bit about the mission of the Students Learn, Student Vote Coalition and how you came to this work? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So the Students Learn, Students Vote Coalition is a national network that fosters connections and provides year-round support to campus, nonprofit, community, student, and philanthropic leaders who are working to build a more representative and equitable democracy by increasing college student voter participation and engagement in our elections. And just to real quickly tell you how this sort of came to be about, in February of 2016, a group of nonprofit organizations realized that colleges and universities were consistently non-compliant with the federal guidance that was provided 
in the Higher Education Act around voter registration efforts on campuses. And when we delved into this deeper, um, we realized that many campuses either didn't know that they weren't compliant or didn't fully grasp the unique opportunity that they had to empower their students. So in response, the coalition came together and was formed to design and advance a shared agenda around student voting within higher education, using colleges and universities as linchpins in young people's journey into adulthood and becoming civically engaged. And since then, the SLSV Coalition has grown to over 400 nonpartisan partners working with government entities, businesses, student groups, and with a reach of almost 2,000 campuses in all 50 states. That's awesome. Generation Progress is also a very proud member of the Students Learn yeah. Student Coalition. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, boy, why was the Andrew Goodman Foundation created? Can you tell us a little bit about what the foundation's working on and what your team is currently working on? Yes. Um, so the Andrew Goodman Foundation uh, was created in uh, to follow in the legacy of our foundations under our foundation's name, uh, Andrew Goodman. He was a college student back in the 60s that was recruited by the voting rights legend um, himself, John Lewis, as a part of the first cohort of students um, during Freedom Summer uh, to go register poor Black folks to vote, specifically in Mississippi. So him, along with James Earl Cheney and Michael Schwerner, went down from um, from uh, New York down to Mississippi uh, to register poor black folks to vote. And unfortunately on the first day that they arrived in Mississippi, they were brutally uh, lynched by the KKK. And so in honor of Andy's legacy, uh, his family started this foundation to carry out the uh, the work and the tenacity and the, the his story of uh, a young person fighting against voter suppression and uh, doing it in the face of racism and and uh, specifically focusing on young people uh, as well. So the Andrew Goodman Foundation was created to make sure that young voices and votes are heard in democracy, just as our founder, uh, Andy, uh, uh, did. So um, what we do is we work specifically with colleges and universities around the country uh, to ensure that young people have access to the ballot and civic engagement. Um, and we do that by partnering with campuses. Um, and we are a proud member of Students Learn, Students Vote Coalition. Uh, and we do that um, by partnering with campuses, uh, providing them institutional funding, as well as coaching and organizational support to make sure that they are one compliant with um, uh, that federal mandate and to ensure that every student um, has the opportunity to be civically engaged in their work. So um, we're really fortunate that we work directly with students. They are uh, our ambassadors. So they are known as Andrew Goodman Foundation ambassadors and they're known on campus as being the civic engagement experts um, on their campus. They do everything from uh, uh, regular voting drives to presenting at uh, orientation uh, to make sure that every student is asked to be able to vote, to holding um, informational civic engagement um, opportunities and events throughout their campus. Um, and essentially they make voting a part of the culture at their school, which is so rewarding and exciting to see. So we are on 91 campuses with a reach of over 1.5 million students total. And we support directly over 300 student ambassadors uh, 
through direct stipends, and then also we support their programs through um, institutional grants. So we're we're really um, honored to be able to be working with young civic leaders. We provide training opportunities for them as well. So. Um, we just create a really sustainable and beautiful ecosystem of civic engagement where you see a student come in at the tender age of 18, be registered to vote, they get more involved, become an ambassador, and a lot of students end up becoming a part of this space in some um, capacity. So, um, yeah, that's that's essentially what our work is. That's awesome. Uh I was gonna say, yeah, I, that is so cool. I did not, I, I didn't know the origins of um, the Andrew Goodman Foundation, um, and I didn't realize the extent of your ambassador program. Um, so very cool. Thank you so much for sharing with us, one oh boy. Um, I'm sorry, Edwin, were you gonna jump in there as well? I was just like, I was just like hanging on to her word. I was like, that's great work. <laughs> No, just echoing everything that you already said, Charlotte, like, um, I think it's awesome that you all are able to live out his legacy in that way. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so also, I mean, Edwith, in the intro to the show, you mentioned the 26th Amendment. And for folks who might need a refresher on uh, their civics courses or history class, um, Clarissa, I'm wondering if you can uh, zoom out a little bit and sort of re recenter why we're doing this this show specifically today at a high level um what is the 26th amendment and why is this 50th anniversary of it tomorrow significant for young people yeah well i am so stoked about this anniversary so as edwith mentioned this year and tomorrow in particular marks the 50th anniversary of the ratification of the 26th amendment which guaranteed 18-year-olds the right to vote in all U.S. elections, but also outlawed age discrimination among eligible voters, so anyone 18 and older. And throughout this landmark anniversary year, we are celebrating the youth vote, but also recognizing the barriers facing young people, and particularly college students, and how these barriers have prevented us from really fulfilling the full promise of the 26th Amendment. Um, and so we see expanding the youth vote more than just being about age. Uh, today's youngest generations are the most diverse in our country's history, and achieving the full promise of the 26th Amendment goes hand in hand with striving for racial justice and against voter suppression. Thanks so much, Clarissa. That was a, a great uh, a great primer. And we're going to go to a commercial break here real fast. Um, but folks, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Leslie Marshall Show um, with the Generation Progress Takeover, and we'll be right back. If you miss Leslie on TV this week, catch up at lesliemarshallshow.com. To the Generation Progress Takeover of the Leslie Marshall Show. I am your co-host, Charlotte Hancock. And I'm your other co-host, Edwith Theogene. Hi, Edwith. How's it going? Good. I love that that song. Yeah. Whatever song Mark was playing. Mark is our yeah. producer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel like Mark tries to keep us on our toes, you know? 
Uh, well, welcome back, everybody. Um, as we mentioned, this is the Generation Progress Takeover of the Leslie Marshall Show. And today we are celebrating, talking about and celebrating the 50th anniversary of the 26th Amendment. Um, and uh, just as a refresher, that was the amendment that lowered the voting age to 18. So here at Generation Progress, we we think that's a pretty big moment, a pretty big occasion. Um, I want to give a special welcome back to our guest, Clarissa Unger from the Students Learn, Students Vote Coalition. Um, as well as one boy, Gathero, the Interim Director of Projects at the Andrew Goodman Foundation. Thank you so much for uh, for both joining us again today. Um, Wait, Charlotte, what? I need to yes. clear my name because yes. Mark just told us that that was a Beyonce <laughs> song and I just need people to know that I am a Beyonce fan and I know her music. Okay, now let's jump in. <laughs> Go for it. I just need to clear my name. You're like, that was very Shane. valid. <laughs> Shame. <laughs> um, so, uh, <laughs> okay. I'm like, yes, young people, democracy, access to the youth vote power. Um, okay, so Clarissa, I'm going to hop back over to you for a second here. Um, what are some, what, what, you say wait? Oh, no, I said great. Sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought Edward said wait. Um, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> What are some of the hurdles, Clarissa, that young people face when it comes to voting? Um, I think, you know, people are sort of like young people are lazy and people are apathetic and people um, don't care. And it's like, mm, but they're, that's not that's not what is actually holding on. Um, I was going to say us. I'm 33. Um, holding us, young people, millennials and Gen Z um, back from the ballot box. Yeah, well, I think just to start, one of the issues when we think about, you know, young voters is that they're really just new voters. They're really new to the voting process. And they do experience ambiguity and uncertainty about the electoral electoral process. Our processes are not that intuitive and probably intentionally designed not to be so. So young people often do cite psychological and knowledge barriers around the process. And you know whether they feel that they know enough about candidates or issues as reasons for shying away from voting, which sometimes lead young people to determine that it might be best for them to just sit out rather than make a mistake. Um, so students and young people need accessible, accurate information from a trusted source to answer basic questions like, where should they vote? What's the best method of voting? Will their voter registration affect financial aid or other eligibility considerations based on their residence? Uh, but that said, I mean, there are also more organized, likely political and often insidious efforts to suppress vote, the vote and voter turnout. And we've seen this in closing polling locations on college campuses, voter ID laws that explicitly exclude students and making the process to vote intentionally more difficult for students or young people um, who may be confined to a campus who have to work or study. Thanks, Clarissa. Um, so this past election, 2016, uh, the 2020 election, we saw a huge spike in young people turning out to vote. Uh, there was an 11 point increase from the 2016 estimate um, and also, we think, like the Center for Information and Research on Civic Learning and Engagement has identified that this is likely one of the highest rates of youth electoral participation since the voting age was lowered to, to 18. Um, this question is for you, oh boy, like what did young people's participation in the 2020 election say about what younger generations are willing to do in order to vote? 
Yeah, it's such a good question. I think that it kind of puts to rest this um, logical fallacy that young people don't care and that they're lazy and you know all of all of that stuff. Whenever I hear that, personally, my like my heart starts to palpitate and I start to sweat because I'm like, that's not true. It's just simply not true. Young people care. Young people want to vote. And um, we definitely saw that this year. I think that what this means is that young people, for a while, they have known, um, especially with our last president, they knew that their vote mattered. I think that the messaging was very clear and they took that message to heart. And despite all of the barriers put against them, they really took to the streets and, um, and, and voted. I think specifically one of the things that has been really interesting to observe, um, given my bird's eye view with our 91 campuses, is that even in the middle of a pandemic where students are switching to learning virtually, they are um, suffering with their, their mental health um, um, and in all the situations, we saw that COVID also provided a lot of avenues to make voting a lot more accessible, which is not something that you would think about. Um, for example, um, students that uh, would normally have had to move to a new location, like every year, you know, you're assigned to a different dorm. And that may mean that you have to change your voter registration information, which is a long process, especially depending on where they're moving from or what state you're moving from. And because of the pandemic, a lot of students ended up staying in their um, homes, uh, like with their parents, and they were able to vote absentee, for example, which is so incredible and something that a lot of students and young people were not aware of, like Carissa mentioned, because it's just so much knowledge that new voters don't have. So with the pandemic, you're seeing students and young people specifically be able to use these different forms of voting that are a lot more accessible, um, which I think has had a big part in why we saw a lot of students be able to vote and young people in, in particular. So um, that's, that's one thing. I think also students really took to um, took this, this feeling of, you know, it's up to me to kind of fix these problems through the ballot. And they really did take that to heart. Um, voting early, voting off, uh, voting you know, often, but you know, once, <laughs> we don't want voter fraud here. Um, <laughs> and, and, and they also spread the word. I mean, I think that there, we saw a, a significant increase in just the amount of conversations that young people were having um, with their peers. Like, no, you gotta vote. It's not cool to not vote. Really making it a part of the culture. And again, like I said, that's a really big part of the, mission of the Andrew Goodman Foundation is to make voting as, you know, as cool as possible, for lack of better terms, um, at, on a college campus. And we definitely saw that happen. Yeah, I feel like um, under the pandemic, we saw so much expansion done to ensure that we could have safe elections and to make sure that like elections actually happen. So we saw people, um, you know, provide like early, like expand early voting, provide more polling places, like all of these great things and young people, like you said, well, boy, like definitely took to the streets and turned out and had a lot of conversations around that. So that was really exciting to see. Um, and, you know, Edward, I don't think it's a coincidence that we're seeing some of this state level legislation pop up. At, like it's I think it's in response, you know, it's sort of like folks are a little bit anxious about the power of young people and the power of voters like young voters. Yeah. Voter suppression is really bad, and we're going to talk about some of those <laughs> it is some really of those bad. solutions when we come back. Um, after this break, we have a commercial break, but we'll come back with our guest, Clarissa Unger, with Students to Learn, Student Vote, and Waboy Gathering with um, the Andrew Goodman Foundation. 
Follow Leslie on Twitter. Just go to www.twitter.com slash Leslie Marshall, and we'll be sure to share your tweets. Welcome back to the Generation Progress Takeover of the Leslie Marshall Show. I am your co-host, Charlotte Hancock. And I'm your other co-host, Edwithy Jean. I, th- I feel like I hear a smile on your voice, Edwith, like you're still slightly <laughs> ashamed of not recognizing the Beyonce song in the last intro. <laughs> I'm like, I know what you're thinking about. <laughs> you know me too well, Charlotte. <laughs> Um, well, welcome back. Uh, today, um, we're talking about the 50th anniversary of the 26th Amendment, which was the amendment that lowered the voting age to 18, um, and also how we're going to continue the fight um, for um, equal access to the ballot box and youth voting rights, make sure that everybody has a fair shot and fair chance to participate in our democracy. Um, so just a, another welcome back to our guests. We've got Clarissa Unger from Students Learn, Students Vote, as well as Wimboy Cathero from the Andrew Goodman Foundation. Um, so in our previous segments, we were talking um, about the power of young people um, and uh, I think the appetite of young people um, to participate once they figure out exactly um, where it is that they can plug in. Um, you know, voting is is new to 18 year olds and it can be a little bit intimidating. Um, so now I want to talk hear more about uh like legislation um things on the hill what is congress doing about making sure um that there is a much more um equal and representative um democracy here one boy um i think you can tell us a little bit more about the for the people act and how that bill would help improve voting rights for young people yeah, so the Vote of People Act, which is also known as HR1, um, was a bill that was actually considered one of the largest voting rights bills since the actual uh, voting rights package um, that allowed Black people to vote in the civil rights era. Um, but it would expand voting rights. It would also change campaign finance laws to reduce the amount of dark money in our political system, which we all know is just one of the large problems that our uh, democratic system has. And it would also limit partisan gerrymandering and also create uh, new ethics in terms of a federal office holder term limits and things like that. So it was a very large comprehensive voting rights package um, that was widely supported by um, Democrats specifically in Congress. Um, a few Republicans uh, did toe the party line and uh, agree that this was actually a not a partisan bill and something that all people that uphold democracy should uh, support. But it unfortunately did uh, fail on the 22nd, which was just last week, um, due to a filibuster. Um, so it's, it's really unfortunate because a lot of folks saw this as such an excellent opportunity to build off of the momentum that we saw um, in the 2020 election where we saw people vote, specifically young people vote as such record numbers and say, all right, we, 
despite all of the barriers that people have, they were still able to vote. Let's address those barriers to ensure that even more people vote um, moving forward. Uh, and unfortunately, this bill did not move forward um, the way that a lot of uh, a lot of us, specifically, you know, folks at the Andrew Goodman Foundation, um, wanted to wanted to see voting rights be expanded. So right now we're kind of in a weird area where we're like, okay, this really big bill has failed. What do we do moving forward? How do we pivot? Um, what's really cool about this summer is that uh, John Lewis Voting Rights Act is also up for vote, which is really exciting. Of course, it's named after the voting rights and civil rights legend, uh, John Lewis, who um, as a new Georgia native, I feel extremely connected to, and he's also very connected to the Andrew Goodman Foundation story. Um, it is another very large comprehensive voting rights bill, but it also addresses a lot of the um, a lot of the issues that the For the People Act did not address that specifically uh, deal with voting specifically, as well as the intersection of voting and class and race. So that's a bill that I'm really excited about and we want to push forward, especially as we think about the 26th Amendment and its 50th anniversary. It just seems like such a timely period to really look back and see, okay, this is how far we've come. This is what this amendment, the 26th Amendment, promises. And yet we still have so, so much more, so much further to go to make sure that that promise that every young person in America um, that is eligible, eligible to vote has the opportunity to do so. Yeah, I just wanted to uh, clarify too. Um, so the For the People Act passed the House, which was really great. And there was a procedural cloture vote um, on in the Senate on the 22nd. And um, that really showed us like all the Democrats stood together in support of For the People Act and the Republicans um, filibustered the bill and shut down um, the bill like moving forward. But essentially that it it's not over for the bill. Like the bill has now just started debate. And now we're leaning and waiting to see what Schumer and other Democrats do. But um, it's interesting to see that like For the People Act is like widely supported across all party lines across the country, except in D.C. and except on the Hill in Congress. So uh, right now, like the momentum and the energy for For the People Act is still there. It's still wild um, and it's still great. Like so many young people are activated and supporting this bill, like moving forward. We are not letting go our backing down um, from this bill becoming law. So we're definitely leaning on supporting um, our representatives and members of Congress to like ensure that that bill pass. And yes, well, boy, like H.R. 4, which is the John Lewis Voting Rights um, Act, is a really great bill. It has yet to be introduced in Congress. Um, but we definitely need that bill because it would essentially address um, the gutting of the Voting Rights Act of 1965. It would put preclearance back into voting, which is great and really helpful to address, um, you know, discrimination against people of color and voting. So that's really exciting that those two bills um, are out there. And I know that the Andrew Goodman Foundation also has some great work around this bill. Like you all, boy, right, you're having like a, a rise up conference around these bills. 
Yeah, and appreciate that clarity, Edwith. Um, yes, we are. So we are organizing all of the people that are in our network. So young people, this is also open to anybody that wants to join. Uh, we are organizing an advocacy day on July 1st. So folks can call their uh, representatives on the Hill to urge them to support these two bills um, moving forward. It's so paramount to the uh, integrity and upholding our democracy. Uh, so we are definitely pushing forward with that. And we just had our large um, conference, Rise Up Weekend, which you just uh, talked about, Edwin. Uh, we just had our conference for that last weekend, which was so incredible. Over 1,000 people attended with lots wow. of incredible speakers. Yes, we had um, uh, Speaker Pelosi there. We had quite a few different uh, folks on at the conference, um, all about uh, voting rights, what, are, what folks are doing to uh, organize around their campuses, as well as around the country, what are the things to look to um, in terms of legislation, and how can you just be the best uh, civic leader that you can be um, on your campus. So it was it was really exciting to, to be a part of that last weekend. Awesome. Um, so just to pivot, like Clarissa, the Students Learn uh, Student Vote Coalition Partners, working on the Youth Voting Rights Subcommittee, recently created a Student Voting Bill of Rights, which is really exciting. Um, what is, can you tell us a little bit about like what the Student Voting Bill of Rights is and how would implementing this Bill of Rights help young potential voters? Yeah, happy to. Um, this was very exciting. So the Student Voting Bill of Rights is a set of policy priorities that if implemented would equitably ensure that every student and young person can vote under fair, equitable and accessible conditions in future elections. And um, as you noted, this was developed by the Youth Voting Rights Working Group, which is led by the SLSB Coalition, the Fair Election Center's Campus Vote Project, Rock the Vote, and Circle. And the Bill of Rights itself focuses on three distinct areas, the right to register without restrictive deadlines or documentation requirements, the right to cast a ballot without major restrictions or barriers, and the right to an educated and empowered vote. Nice. Why, uh, why do you think all of those things are helpful and useful for young people? Yeah, absolutely. Well, as you know, Waboy and Edwith, you were both talking about earlier, um, Circle's research has showed that there is a clear connection between accessible voting laws and higher student turnout. So what they found from the 2020 election is that states that implemented multiple measures such as automatic voter registration, online registration, same-day registration, early voting, no excuse absentee voting, um, these states saw a measurably higher turnout among young people on average. Uh, and states that automatically mailed their ballots to voters saw a 57% youth turnout rate, which is much higher even than the national average, which you mentioned was at 50%. That is so cool. Sorry. <laughs> it's just like, why Why not? You know, like, why would we not want to um, make sure that as many people as possible get a chance to participate in this without, um, without barriers? You know, like, why not make it as easy as possible for um, as many people as possible to have as few barriers as possible to make sure that their voice gets heard? So... Yeah. Well, I think we have just a couple seconds here until our commercial break. Um, but I think that we really want to hear how people can get involved when we come back. So uh, you've been listening to the Generation Paris takeover of the Leslie Marshall Show. Um, and we'll be right back um, after this commercial message. 
If you miss Leslie on TV this week, catch up at LeslieMarshallShow.com. takeover of the Leslie Marshall show. Uh, I'm your co-host Charlotte Hancock. And I'm your other co-host Edwith Theogene. Well, we are in our last segment of the show here, um, having a great conversation with Clarissa Unger from Students Learn, Students Vote, as well as Mboy Gatheru from the Andrew Goodman Foundation. Um, we're talking about uh, young people's power um, and access to the ballot box uh, in honor of and in celebration of um, the 50th anniversary of the 26th Amendment. Um, so I want to make sure that uh, we've, we've talked a little bit about some of the legislation on the table to expand access here. Um, and I want to make sure that folks know um, where they can go to get involved. Um, so, boy, we talked a little bit about ways young people have already gotten involved, um, are leading the fight um, to make our freedom to vote more accessible. Um, can you elaborate on that and uh, talk a little bit more about what folks can do um, to advocate for uh, fair and equitable access to our democracy? Yes, so I would say first and foremost, um, talk to the young people in your life to ask them you know, what their voting plan is and kind of see where the gaps in knowledge exist and then go to resources like andrewgoodman.org, which is the Andrew Goodman Foundation's website to learn more about how to get involved in the fight. I would also say when you are going to vote and you're looking at local candidates, um, be sure that they have a plan um, when it comes to addressing the increase of voter suppression laws in their area, um, make sure that, they're, that they have a plan and ask them what their plan is and uh, specifically talk about the importance of young people being involved in voting. It's so important to use your voice, especially when it comes to age, because unfortunately um, we see that ageism is definitely a factor. Um, when it comes to advocating for uh, young people's right to vote. Um, use your age as, as, a, as a source of uh, privilege uh, and advocate for young people's right to be able to vote. Also, um, in the celebration of the 50th anniversary of the 26th Amendment, um, I would encourage you to reach out to your elected officials and let them know that they need to support um, the John Lewis Voting Rights Act and the For the People Act, and um, let them know that it is an integral part of upholding this monumental piece of legislation that afforded the right for young people to vote and that made it illegal to discriminate against uh, uh, again, for the versus for the under the basis of age, um, for folks to be able to vote, uh, those things are so important. If you are a young person, a student on in any uh, institution that could be a community college or a four-year private institution, even law schools, we have those in our end network. I would encourage you to reach out to us and see if we could work with your campus. We would love to expand, especially if you are in um, states like Florida and Georgia and Texas and Mississippi, where your right to vote is being threatened every day. We're really excited about moving forward and expanding that. Uh, our program to more places. So go to our website, andrewgoodman.org. That's Andrew 
goodman with two o's.org um, and fill out our interest form. And we'd love to get back to you and see how we can work with you to empower you and to make sure that your vote in your voice is powerful in our democracy. Thank you, oh boy. I really appreciate too that you're lifting up relational organizing just for people to have conversations and talk about what this means uh, to each other and to their community. So it's really great. Um, Clarissa, I think like sort of same question for you, like if folks are looking to get involved with the youth bill, the youth voting um, bill of rights, the student voting bill of rights, got it. <laughs> How can people do that? Yeah, well, a good place to start is by visiting slsbcoalition.org, hitting the get involved tab there and then clicking the for the students page. And through that, folks can get connected with other people working in support of student voting rights through both the Youth Voting Rights Working Group. Yeah, I can totally see why that's confusing. Youth Voting <laughs> Rights Working Group with the Student Voting Bill of Rights. Um, or they can also get connected with the Student Voting Network, uh, which is a network that is led by and for student voting rights activists. Um, and I would also mention that we do have a lot of great resources that have been developed specifically uh, by the 26th Amendment Working Group. Um, that are on our website as well. So there's different tools there that range um, from an op-ed workshop to a proclamation template, a communications toolkit, and a soon-to-be-added curriculum for higher education as well. Yeah, that sounds amazing. There's a lot of resources and great tools that anyone, whether you work on a college campus or university or a student yourself, can like sort of plug into. That's really great. Um, I'd also like to plug in if folks are interested in supporting for the People Act or supporting the John Lewis Voting Rights um, Advancement Act on the Generation Progress website, we have an easy tool that allows you to just, you know, send an email to your representative, to your senator, and let them know that these are bills that you support and also letting them know that you want to support young people voting. So that's a great way to celebrate, I think, today in this moment. Um, yeah. Okay. Oh. I was just going to say, um, also, I think that, like, it bears repeating um, that young people are really excited um, about um, being able to make a difference um, and to make a difference in issue areas and everything from, like, gun violence prevention to climate change um, and to kind of create this permanent change um, that we want to see in our democracy. I do think we this is, like, this amazing opportunity for the administration and for Congress um, to put through this once in a generation reform package. It'll, it will clean up our political system. It will get big money out of politics. It will hold elected officials accountable for corruption. Uh, it'll expand and protect voting rights and it'll just uh, make our democracy um, more accessible so everyone's voice counts in equal measure um, regardless of privilege and um, background and financial resources and that sort of thing. Um, so I just I just am super excited about continuing to see um, this legislation on the Hill and to see that Democrats got united <laughs> behind the legislation and um, are, you know, excited to keep pushing it in the Senate. Um, but I think, uh, you know, there's still this huge opportunity for folks to jump in and take action and tell their senators like that this is a priority. Um, democracy is connected to so many important issues that young people care about. Um, and if we're going to see progress on any of these issues, we have to have a democracy that responds to our needs and our priorities, responds to voters 
as opposed to wealthy donors and, you know, corporate interests and stuff. So I am just, you know, I will always, I will, I will jump on a soapbox and grandstand about the, about the board of people like any day. <laughs> I'm right there with you. <laughs> and youth voting. It's so powerful. I think young people are just super inspiring. Um, obviously as a young person myself, <laughs> but I think like the work that both of your organizations are doing to kind of elevate the voices of young people and make sure that they're able to participate in our democracy is really powerful and important. And especially, um, for the 26th amendment, you know, which was a huge fight and excited to also see that president Biden has released a proclamation. Um, yeah. so, did you yeah. see that Clarissa? Yeah, I did. I, I was going to bring that up, too. Yeah, it's really exciting that we have a president and an administration that is in support of voting rights and in support of young people in this way. Um, so that's very cool. Yeah, regardless of what happens with Congress, there is a lot that the administration can also do to help advance voting rights. So um, it was very exciting and, and definitely want to commend President Biden and the White House for issuing that proclamation. Um, he has a line in there that I think is great that uh, says that young voters are not waiting to inherit the future. They are building the future themselves, which I think is so true. Yes. Oh my gosh, I loved that. <laughs> yeah, it's not often that you see an amendment be celebrated. I mean, like, it's not super sexy, but <laughs> it seems, but it, but it definitely seems, feels right, you know, this year, especially the 50th anniversary of, of this incredible legislation. And you really see the fruit of hard work um, of, of legislation like this and how it's so important. I mean, literally, the reason why President Biden is in the office is because of young people. So it's great to see, it's great to see that um, be be rewarded and um, be celebrated. I think that's so incredible. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what the next 50 years look like as well. Absolutely. Well, I think that is just about all the time that we have for the show today. Um, thanks again for a great conversation. Thank you so much to our guests today, um, Clar Clarissa Unger um, and also um, And then also, as always, special thanks to our producer, Mark Grimaldi. We hope that you continue to embarrass us by seeing if we can <laughs> guess what the introductory songs are as you bring us back from commercial break. Um, and always a special thanks to our, com our communications manager, Emily Leach, for helping to pull, well, helping, for pulling this show together. Um, and also to all of our listeners. Um, and make sure that you check out Generation Progress on Twitter. Check us out on Instagram. Uh, we are at Gen Progress, and we will talk to you again on our next Remote Generation Progress Takeover of the Leslie Marshall Show. Mm -hmm.